most American Christians, <clears throat> even if they go to church pretty regularly, and candidly, the stats on that aren't good, will skip from the triumphant Hosanna of Palm Sunday right to the glorious Alleluia of Easter Sunday without being confronted by the horrible passion and suffering of Good Friday. This pairing, passion and suffering, sounds odd to most 21st century ears. Passion is such a positive and sought-after thing today. The word passion, however, comes from the Latin paseo, which means suffering. This is why the day of Christ's most intense suffering is called his passion, otherwise known as the betrayal, denial, insulting, spitting, beating, and bloody death of Jesus. And it actually seems quite logical to me that in a comfort-seeking, suffering-averse culture, we would choose to go from happy to happy and skip the sickening and condemning events of the passion in between. Like how Jesus ate his last meal with the people who lo he loved the most, perhaps like me all of whom would either betray, abandon, or deny him. That these friends, perhaps like me, couldn't even stay awake with him while he poured out his heart to God and sweat drops of blood in the garden. That the crowd, perhaps like me, would strike and taunt him for not living up to their expectations that the people, perhaps like me, would shout crucify him and twist him a crown of thorns, that the soldiers, perhaps like me, would drive rough-hewn, jagged nails through his hands and feet, that passers-by, perhaps like me, would shout, for God's sake, save yourself, because I most certainly would save myself. And I'm pretty sure you would too. From our perspective, Jesus suffered and died in a totally preventable way, never once showing enough will to fight back or to get himself down off that damnable cross. And that's where the problem starts. We think we can know God, who God is, by just looking at who we are and then, like good Americans, supersizing. That makes it very difficult to imagine a God who would lovingly choose to be poured out for us because, well, we'd never do that. And because of that, the view many have come to have is of a God standing in heaven with arms folded looking down at the cross in judgment, judging us, and punishing Jesus. But that's the thing. God isn't standing above the cross at all. God is hanging on the cross. You see, we cannot be redeemed, and the world cannot be made right again by a God who's just like us, but bigger. God is holy, and holy means other. 
He's not us supersized. But even though he's other, there is a reliable way to know about his nature. God has revealed himself as Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The one God, he, is also an equally they. And they are always together, always loving each other, and always cooperating with the Father initiating, the Son complying, and the Spirit executing the will of both, which is also his will. I wish I could explain it better than that, but I can't. No one can. It's a mystery. The only real metaphor we've been given for the Trinity is marriage, and anyone who's been married for a while will almost certainly agree with St. Paul. That's a pretty big mystery, too. So while the Trinity may be an impossible thing to explain, it does mean something very profound for us. Jesus is God's self-revelation. As he says in Colossians 1, his icon, his exact representation. What that means is that when we look at Jesus, we see God the Father. And we can most unmistakably see who God is and how God chose to reveal himself to us on a human cross. Because on the cross, we don't simply see a legal transaction where Jesus pays for our debt of sin. We see God. And it's only a God totally unlike us, a God who enters our human existence and suffers our insults with only love and forgiveness, who can redeem us. It is only our self-emptying God walking amongst us as Jesus Christ, in the words of Paul, in the passage I preached on Sunday, who was in the form of God, but did not regard equality with God as something to be used to his own advantage, but emptied himself to the point and humbled himself to the point of death even death on a cross. And I would contend that it's through the cross that we know that God isn't standing smugly at a distance, waiting to judge and condemn. But rather that there is no place God will not go to be with us. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, not insults, not betrayal, not suffering. And as we will experience together the day after tomorrow, not even death itself. So it's a big mistake to go from happy to happy and skip the passion. Because in so doing, we miss the company of a self-emptying God who pursues us and saves us with a relentless, unyielding love and who ultimately will enter the grave. And the very stench of death in order to say, even here, even here, I will not be without you. This is why Good Friday is good. Amen.